0: All right, then, so from this morning, the opposite to consumerism is community. Well done. The opposite to consumerism is community. The opposite to consumerism is not anti-consumerism because consumerism can just go and turn that into a system to be commodified. So, But community, when I'm putting time into the one another's, when I'm putting time into a relationship, when I'm living beyond myself, when I'm serving more than I am served, when I'm actually being that Jesus story rather than a domination, revenge, purification, isolation story, then that's the opposite to consumerism. But what's that community look like? And what are the practices that community lives out? That's what I want to finish off today in Romans 12. Because in Romans 12, Paul starts off there. Well, let's go back to Romans 11, first of all. Because Romans 11, Paul didn't put the numbers in. He's just written a story of Romans, he's written about how wonderful God is and how everything is from God. And then as he finishes off Romans 11, he says, from him, by him, all thing, through him are all things. He says, who can ever counsel God? Who can ever give to God that God should repay him? He says, to him be the glory forever. So it says we exist for God's glory, which is a different starting point to the story we talked about this morning, the individualism. An individual might exist for my glory where in this story I exist for God's glory. Then he says, therefore, what's he say? Therefore, in view of God's mercy, offer yourselves as a living sacrifice. That's the opposite of consumerism. Because in consumerism, I accumulate for me or I get attached to what I think is going to lead to a better version of me. In this story, a living sacrifice is about giving away. Jesus says you find your life when you lose it. But then what's this living sacrifice life look like? He says, therefore, I urge you, in view of God's mercy, offer yourselves as a living sacrifice. This is your spiritual act of worship. So he's saying we worship in all of our life. As we mentioned briefly this morning, the whole process of secularization, whether it be from enlightenment, whether it be from the way we've gone about putting together our individualism, the industrial revolution, there's a whole lot of things that join together that then take religion and put it on the margin of society. Where what Paul's saying is, what we believe needs to impact all of life. I like how Eugene Peterson paraphrases the message Bi- in the Message Bible here where he says... In all of your life, in your ordinary everyday life, you're eating, you're sleeping, you're going to work and walking around life, place that before God as an offering. He goes on to say, embracing what God does for you is the best you can do for him. Then he says, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit in without even thinking. He said, fix your attention on Jesus, recognize what he wants from you, and unlike the world around you that's always dragging you down to its level of maturity, Christ brings out well-formed attitudes in you. That's how the message paraphrases Romans 12 under 5. It's saying, we've got a choice. Either we get dragged down to this society's level of maturity and we fit in without even thinking. Reality is those 3,000 messages a day can mold you into its way of thinking without... Without you having, if you're not intentional about it, that's where it's going to take you. It's going to say, the best version of you is this commodified, consumable version. Whereas Paul's saying, and he's not directly writing about consumerism, but he is writing about empire stories that try and define us otherwise. And he's saying, rather than get dragged down to this society's immaturity, he says, fix your attention on him. That's a different story. So what's that Romans 12 story look like? Well, first of all, it says, this is your spiritual act of worship. So this community that we've talked about today, and we've talked about how this community is not just a bunch of people to get together. We've talked about how a church is living out the Jesus story. We've talked about how churches, wherever you and I are, that's where church is. We've talked all about this Jesus story. It's about worship. Reality is you're going to worship something or somebody. When you walk out of here... You're going to be a worshipper. What's it going to be? Between this day and the day you breathe your last breath on this planet, you're going to give your life to something or somebody. It always does come back to being about worship. So a living sacrifice person takes worship seriously. In consumer culture, we're told to worship commodity. Or as Paul says, when the worship of God grows dim, we start worshipping created things. Most times, that's myself. We turn ourselves into products to be worshipped. Where a living sacrifice person takes worship seriously in the worship of God. But then Paul jumps topics. So he's talking about worship in the first little space. But then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you think, why did Paul just jump topics? Because then he says, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. Think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith given you. He says, Just as each one of you in this body has a gift, and all these members have gifts together, they don't all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body. We have different gifts according to the same Spirit. If your gift is prophesying, use it proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, do it generously. If it is leadership, lead diligently. If it is showing mercy, do it cheerfully. So, Paul's talked about worship, but all of a sudden he's gone on a different topic. All of a sudden now he's talking about serving and using your gifts. So, he's saying all of you have something you contribute to being part of this body, this body of Christ, but you all pay a part in it. And so, being involved in, in this church here, it takes all of us. And that's one of the great things we learned this afternoon that all of us have a space to contribute, all of us are wired up to, to make this church more of what Christ would want his body to be. And when I say all of us, it means all of us. So whenever we take a step back and think, I'm not going to be involved in this for whatever reason it might be, my gifts aren't appreciated, or I'm just too busy doing something else, or someone does it better, or whatever reason you give... Today I want to ask you to stop with those reasons and remember that you're created to be part of this body. You're created to be part of this community. A living, sacrifice person takes worshipping seriously. They take serving seriously. But then Paul jumps topics again. He then, in verse 9, all of a sudden out of nowhere, he's just told everyone to serve. Then he says, Love must be sincere hate what is good cling to what is uh, hate what is evil sorry cling to what is good be devoted to one another in brotherly love honor one another above, your, above yourselves so now he's talking about connecting he's saying this community that we talked about this morning he says is going to worship it's going to serve it's going to connect it's going to connect deeply and that's something that starts with you and starts with me that's something that Once again, those little games we played this afternoon are all about this idea of connecting. So we're going to worship, we're going to serve, we're going to connect. Connecting is the opposite of consumerism because in our world we commodify one another. And in our world it's easy for me to sum you up and think you're valuable to me to this extent. You exist for my happiness and we treat people as commodities that exist for what you can do for me where Paul's saying, no, the one another's, and 86 times in Paul's writing, he says, be devoted to one another, pray for one another, encourage one another, even admonish one another, but give your life into one another's. Paul does say over and over, people are this big deal. In consumer culture, people become another part of the whole production line, or people become a commodity, or when they're no longer part of the, what we'd see as a producible, useful part of society, what do we do? We put them away. People aren't valued in consumer culture. People become valuable to only the extent that they can be marketable of themselves. Where Paul's saying, no, people are valuable. People are treasures. And together we make up this, this community. He changes topics again. So what have we got so far? We've got worshipping. We've got serving. We've got connecting. What's he doing next? Then he says Growing. He says, don't be lacking in zeal, keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction. And he's talking about allowing God to dwell richly in you. He says, do those things that allow you to connect with God. Reality is, we've got a God who wants to dwell richly in us, a God who wants to be with us. The problem, other problem is, though, we've got a God who wants to be with us, and says over and over in Scripture, I will be with you. Fear not, I am with you. When you walk through the valley, I will be with you. i knock at your heart's door. If you open up, I'll come in and be with you. All through Scripture, God says with, with, and with. However, with takes... What has being with take? Time. And time is something rushed, busy, consumer-driven people don't have. In a world where time equals money and we think that money is going to generate happiness, then we think that anything that takes our time takes our happiness. And so what suffers with that? Serve, serving suffers with that. Time with suffers with that, whether it's time with my wife or time with my kids or time with God. That is, in our society, that is seen as wasted time. It's not productive time. And Paul is saying, do those things that keep your spiritual fervor, and most times that takes time. Banjo-Patterson. He wrote a poem called Clancy the Overflow where he's writing, about, he's writing about the streets of Sydney and he talks about, he says, their pale faces daunt me. As he said, they shoulder one another in a rush of nervous hastiness Their stunted forms are beady and their greedy eyes are weedy because townsfolk have no time to grow. They have no time to waste. And he's writing that, well, at least 80 years ago. What about now? We don't have time to grow. He's not writing about spiritual growth so much. He's just writing as people, Whereas reality is, Paul's saying, living sacrifice people, they take time to worship, they serve, they connect, and they make space to grow, they allow God's word to dwell richly in them, they do those practices, whether that's prayer or Bible study, or just go along, walk along the beach, or whether it's, what some of the, one of those exercises today, we're talking about how people find God, and few people told me, in nature they see pictures of God. And so you do those things that keep deeply connected. Paul jumps topics again. He now talks about sharing with one another. He says, Rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn, live in harmony, do not be proud, be willing to associate with people of low position, don't be conceited. He says, Then don't take revenge. If his enemy is hungry, feed him. If you're thirsty, give him something to drink. He says, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. He's talking about sharing. He's talking about sharing what you have in a physical sense, but he's talking about sharing who you are. So a living sacrifice person is a sharing person. So, Paul's given us five ways of being a living sacrifice. What are they? Worshipping, serving, connecting, growing, and sharing. So he's given us his grid of five ways of being this living sacrifice person. Consumerism destroys worship or subverts worship to something else. Consumerism tells me that you exist to serve me. I don't have to serve you consumerism is the opposite to connection because to consumerism destroys a relationship because a relationship is seen as commodifiable or a relationship is seen as something that takes my time. Consumerism is the opposite to this introspective growth time. And consumerism certainly doesn't make space for sharing because that's a living beyond myself thing. But Paul says these are the five things that life's all about. So guess what the church is on this planet for? And this morning I was telling you that church is the revolution. Church is this community. So the church exists to do five things. Any idea what these five things are? Worshipping, serving, growing, connecting, sharing. Just out of curiosity, if you read descriptions of heaven, and what we're going to be doing, doing in heaven, it talks about five things. Guess what they are? Worshipping, serving, growing, connecting, sharing. You're a genius. And it's true. In heaven, we're going to be worshipping. We read these incredible scenes of worship. It talks about deep connection. The whole idea of heaven is to restore that community that sin destroys. It talks about growing the themes of salvation. We are studying for eternity. We're going to be always understanding how incredible God is and why God chooses to love us. We'll never to- quite get that figured out. We're just going to be always exploring more or depths of God's character. So in heaven, we're doing the worshipping, serving, growing, connecting, sharing. And when Paul says, live now like you will in heaven, then you can be that worshipping, growing, serving, connecting, sharing community now. If you were to look at what the Sabbath's all about, why do we take a break from consumerism? Why do we take a break where time doesn't equal money? Why do we take a break from this commodified form of life where we don't have to go to work and earn more money, where we don't have to try and achieve other goals, where we put aside this whole idea of commodified advertising, we take a break from the telling in the shops? Why do we do that? There's five reasons. Take a wild guess. We join together for worship, for serving, growing, connecting, and sharing. The church is on this planet to worship, serve, grow, connect, share. You're on this planet to worship, serve, grow, connect, share. This morning the topic Roy gave me is why is church so important? It's important because unless you're involved in church, you're missing out on life. Because life is growing, serving, connecting, sharing, worshipping. And you don't do all that by yourself. You do that together. That's all the one another's. And if you're not involved in the Bible Church community, you're missing out on being what you're wired up for. And one day you might sit in this old age home and you might be a winner on this whole Monopoly game of life. You might have a huge bank account and you might be able to pin your stars up and say, I've done such good things. But guess what? You might sit there and reflect on passionate prayers you never prayed. A church community you never used your gifts in. A world of desperate need that you never made any difference in. Spiritual gifts that you never deployed. Friendships that you never developed. Marriages that never reached intimacy that they could have. Kids that grew up just way too quickly. The danger is consumerism subverts me to a different form of life. It's a mediocre form of life. It's a form of life that has me chasing the wrong grid. And has me going around for months and months and years and years until finally I sit there and go, I've given my life to something that didn't stack up. I have all this. What's it matter if you gain the whole world? What if I win this consumer game really well and I own everything? What's it matter if I lose my own soul? You can gain the whole world and you can miss out on living what life was meant to and that's being a growing, serving, connecting, sharing, worshipping, community. And that's what you get to do together. And this is this is the joy of what we've what's been happening this afternoon. When we've been playing all these games. It is what church is because church isn't about let's turn up for a service. Church is let's be a worshipping, growing, serving, connecting, sharing community and let's give our life to what matters and if you're giving your life to that different grid, I'm asking you this afternoon to reconsider and think what's it look like to be a growing, serving, connecting, sharing, worshipping person not just when we're here on a Sabbath but in all of life how we live life with different glasses, how we are that salt, we are that light, how wherever we are that's where church is and we're still going to buy, we're still going to consume, we're going to wear clothes, we're going to buy a car but we're going to do a different a class on we're not going to find our self identity in those products because our identity belongs to someone else and we're going to be worshipping growing serving sharing connecting communities why do I think that's important because that's what's going to stack up and it sounds like a selfish thing that one day in the old age home we're going to sit there and see that this all mattered but it's what matters for eternity that's a life of significance which is different to success if you're successful great if you're not successful great whatever by this world's definition of success, but significance matters for now and for eternity because significance is living lives that matter. And a significant life is one that grows, serves, connects, shares, worships, and invests deeply into community and deeply into people. That's what consumerism destroys. Consumerism just subverts Christianity into a branded consumable product. Consumerism turns God into a commodity that exists to give me more stuff. Whereas amongst all that, there's that Jesus story. And that Jesus story is being lived out quietly in all sorts of ways and that Jesus story is lived out in in all sorts of ways that you can be involved in this week when you invest your life into people. Why do I think that being part of a church community is important, which is the topic Roy gave me? Because I think that's what life is. And I think this Jesus story, I think this giving your your life a way to find it actually means something. And I think an Adventist church community gets a shot at that because we do take this day where we say, let's take a break from commodity. Let's be reminded what actually matters. Let's be reminded we live for a greater greater story, that we grow, serve, connect, share, worship. Let's be reminded that we're a church community, that when it says that we're living in Babylon, these systems of self over God, then we take this seriously and go, Babylon has fallen. We're not going to give our lives to that. We're going to live in, like Daniel, we're going to live surrounded by Babylon, but we're going to purpose in our heart that we're living to a different grid. And with Daniel, whether he was successful in the kingdom or not, whether he was in a jolly lion's den or running the government, it didn't matter to him because his life belonged to God anyway. He said, I'm living for this different story. And whatever happens today, it didn't matter because I'm living for a different grid. I purpose in my heart. And the king says, you're very smart. It's not me, God. That, that's God doing that through me. He gives me, my clever mind is from him. My ability to interpret dreams is from him. I belong to something else. And sure, you can change my name. and You put me in this Babylonian school and I'm going to thrive here. But I'm living a different story. By the time we get to Revelation, we read about this group of people. Revelation refers to them as the word remnant. They said they follow the Lamb wherever they go, wherever he goes. That's in the act of service. That's in the growing, serving, connecting, sharing, worshipping. It talks about seven churches, and it says things that are good about those churches and things that aren't. They're all about growing, serving, connecting, sharing, worshipping. But by the time you get to Revelation 13, where it's talking about, sorry, Revelation 14, verse 6, it's talking about these three angels. angels, The first one's talking about worship. and It's saying, "Don't don't be subverted into worshipping the wrong grid. Worship him who made heavens and earth. You and I get called to be a, a group of people who restore the worship of God. It says Babylon has fallen. These systems of self over God, they don't stack up. We get to tell a world that there's a different way to do this. Then it talks about this mark of the beast thing. And it's referring to this number that in 2 Kings 10.7, you find out where, where Solomon, who's the wisest guy who ever lived, supposedly, and he, he's accumulating well, he's giving glory to God. But then he starts thinking, it's about me. And this queen comes to visit him and she, he doesn't tell her about God. He says, look at my chariots, look at my fineries, look at my arms, look at my gold. Prophet comes to visit him and says, the weight of your gold is 666. What had happened? He had lost his way, subverted the worship of God, brought it to himself. And a number gets applied to him that's so lost its way that it's now working against God. You and I get to live in a time where it says there's an angel. There's a warning that don't give, don't be subverted by something else. Rema- keep your keep your attention on on worshiping God over self. And it talks about in Revelation, there's going to be a, a group of people who, at a ter- time in church in, in the world's history, are going to be living out God's community and showing the world what happens when a group of people do life his way, and calling people out of Babylon into that community. And guess who that is in the middle of Melbourne? Any any clues, any guesses who that might be in the middle of Melbourne? It's you guys. You guys get to be that community. You guys get to be the community that shows Melbourne what happens when a group of people live life God's way, who worship, serve, grow, connect, share, in all sorts of creative, energetic, vibrant ways. And that's why I've loved spending Sabbath with you today, because I have seen you connecting in all sorts of vibrant, creative ways today. And that's why you'll be in my prayers. As I, My job, I see lots of other churches as well, but I think something pretty special is going on here, because I think there's a bunch of people here who, who have captured this picture that church is not a building I turn up into, Church is this series of connectedness, and this series of relationships, and we're going to be this community that is going to show Melbourne what happens when a group of people do life his way. So to answer your question, Roy, that you gave me at the start of the whole thing, when my question was why is church important, I think it's important for all those reasons we talked about this morning. But I think it's important because we live in a world where the church stands for the exact opposite. This is the revolution. This is the revolutionary community, and. It is the object of God's supreme regard. It is his body. It's all those wonderful things, but it's made up of you. And at this time in earth's history, this group of people sitting in this room is called to show Melbourne the Jesus story. So may you grow and serve and connect and share and worship in all sorts of creative ways. And may you live out that Jesus story in the middle of this city in all sorts of creative ways. May you be salt and light and may this group in this room show Melbourne a different story the Jesus story.